Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, your weekly dose of vegan chat and interviews with some of the leading names in the movement, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's only vegan magazine. Today we have a really interesting episode for you in which we delve into the world of fasting, raw veganism and the frugivore diet. Molly and I discuss our experiences with fasting and the importance of doing it for the right reasons before I'm joined in part two by Dr. Eduardo Carassa, a frugivore nutritionist and health coach from Brazil. You'll want to have a listen to his story of how he went from living on junk food and having multiple health issues to healing himself with water fasting. He's now a raw vegan frugivore and he explains the science behind his choices and the impact this diet can have on our health, even if we just dip in and dip out. Molly, I was thinking we better update everyone on the running thing. Uh, what running thing? <laughs> I think we need to own up, don't we? We do. Hands are, hands are up. Hands We're up, who's not, not been doing enough running. <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't like running. <laughs> and that's okay. I don't like it. For anyone who hasn't been listening to the last sort of, I don't know, few months of episodes, um, Molly and I got very overexcited after Christmas about signing up to a half marathon and it was the um well it was a challenge wasn't it so women's running our sister title did for January which we think was it's not fair it's not a balanced challenge no and we signed up to a half marathon the London Landmarks half um in central London obviously and it's what next weekend 2nd of April yeah I think so it's on a Sunday yeah so, um, uh, or you quickly update on your your progress, and then I'll I'll talk about mine. <laughs> or um, I don't what happened? Call, I don't think we can call it progress. I think it's a demise. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, when did I sign up to it? I think I signed up to it in like October. It was before oh, Christmas really? of last year. Yeah, it was before Christmas. I think it might have been late September, early October that I signed up. 
and I was doing it. I was running. I got to 5K. Um, uh, I didn't enjoy it at that point, but I was like, it's fine. It'll come to me. I will uh, just, I'll get over this hurdle, literally. And um, I'll just be one of those people that are just like, yeah, I love running. It's part of my my <laughs> therapy, whatever. Um, and that just never came. But what did come was shin splints <laughs> instead. <laughs> and I would just be running. And then for probably about three days afterwards, I just couldn't walk. Yeah, which is not good. No, and it's like, not good. Like... And I love my legs. And I... I... <laughs> I'm not giving them up for any challenge. They're kind of helpful, aren't they, when you're trying to get around? They are. Um, I I think we did talk to Women's Running, didn't we, on on one of the podcast episodes. Um, And we kind of figured out that maybe, like, you needed to go and get your gait tested and buy some new trainers. And suddenly it was all looking quite expensive because you've got to get, you've got to, like, get up there. Um, Hotel. uh, exactly hotel which would be bound bound to be more expensive because it's on I feel like it was just the odds were against us you were kind (laughs) of feeling the same thing as well weren't you yeah I was and do you know what though I think um I was um reading something the other day about how it's okay to quit and I think yeah that's a good thing to remember but also we need to appreciate how you did 5k which is amazing like yeah it is do that before right yeah exactly like I I couldn't run for like maybe longer than 10 minutes before and then I ran for half an hour which exactly which is brilliant and for me it's made me okay so I'll just quickly um talk about my so I got really bad flu before Christmas um I was literally in bed for a week like, I thought she was dying. I literally yeah. said to her, I so, think I need to go to hospital. I felt like I was dying. <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but I did. It was just the worst thing ever. And so that set me back. And then it's just been so wet, hasn't it, the last Horrible. few months? Horrid. And then, yeah, just like loads. I don't know. Life has just been so busy. But so, so I kind of um, agreed with you that we would perhaps um, sack off the London landmarks half because half marathon is quite quite a lot and you need to train I thought properly. it would take us an hour to run it <laughs> I know I thought it was yeah. like a 10k I was like no definitely won't take us an hour <laughs> um so I yeah I said you know I don't I'm gonna sort of just keep keep it an open mind and see how I get on but there's mm-hmm. just been life has just been so busy and I just haven't been able to put the hours in no. um, to train but I have signed up on the same day to do a, a 10K in Bournemouth. I love that for you. So I'm still, even though it's a 10K and a lot less far, I'm still like, oh my God, I can't do it. I, I'm, I can do 5K. but <laughs> I know. I feel like apparently, I don't know how true this is of someone who has now stopped running. My friend who I would go to for a half marathon advice said that, a 10k is actually easier than a 5k that doesn't make sense in my head because how no. would it be because you're running longer but he said mentally it is easier because almost with a 5k you the finish line is closer so you're like am I done yet am I done yet am I done yet whereas with a 10k you're like right okay I know that I've got to do this much but like sort of with a 5k because it's only you know some people can run it in like 25 minutes you kind of looking at your clock and being like, oh, am I am I finished yet? That's yeah. why I was like, anyway. Yeah. 
Some people do it at park run in like 16 minutes. And it's insane. I know. And they're literally lapping you and they've got these massive long legs. <laughs> <You're> yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, I, it has made me just booking up for the chat, signing up for the challenge has made me run a lot more. And it was a challenge in itself. Was exactly. Training. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still, I'm still running. Um, just not as much and as far as I'd like to be, but I just can't, um, I just can't put all the hours in needed. So anyway, for anyone who wants to know, oh, and I did join vegan runners and I am a vegan runner. So, um, part-time vegan runner and that's part-time fine. Vegan runner, yeah. And I'm, I'm either going to get the vest, um, for the right run or I'm going to run in my simply vegan t-shirt. I love that for you. It's not very breathable fabric, though, is it? It's not, no. It's not like ideal the, for training. It's, for, it's quite tight as well, actually. Yeah, it's quite... <laughs> I love it, though. You could maybe just cut out the logo of the Sim. Holly, for anyone that knows, Holly and I have got Simply Vegan t-shirts, and it's literally like a mum trying to get her child to wear this t-shirt when it comes to me trying to wear this t-shirt <laughs> I will just not wear it and I don't know why she's just like have you bought your t-shirt today have you bought your t-shirt no she's like oh no um oh I forgot it I forgot it <laughs> like I'm Molly so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing it <laughs> not that I'm not proud of the um of the podcast it's just because I've got big boobs and wearing t-shirts <clears throat> are just not the one for me and it makes yeah. me self-conscious there we go I'm being vulnerable here we yeah, are. I know. I've never been one for like tight t-shirt or baggy or tight t-shirts with a big logo across the boobs because it's not yeah. necessarily very flattering. And it? it just like, kind of like warps the logo. It's like well, simply what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I remember working at Pizza Hut in my teenage years and um, having a big, I don't know, something about Jar Jar Binks or Star Wars or something. They were doing oh, this, gosh. you know, they do like these uh, offers or I don't know. It's just like, I don't want to wear it. I don't want to wear it. Wear it. You've got to wear it. <laughs> anyway, we've, but we've come clean about the running. So yes, um, I, feel, don't, I feel like a weight has lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, don't judge us. Yeah. So what we were going to talk about today is um, fasting. So funny enough, um, I ha- was scheduled to speak to Dr. Eduardo Carassa, who is a specialist in um, health, nutrition, raw veganism, um and fasting and then I had a message on Instagram from um Heather Phillips who said she was listening to an old podcast from I think it was last year and I I said I was doing a water cleanse before a wedding and I said how great I felt um which I'd forgotten all about so and she said she'd like to know more so I thought well this ties in great with our interview yes um later in this episode and it's something that I have been thinking about a lot lately because I think my rosacea started to come back. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, you kind of get facial like flushing. For me, it's not so much flushing. It's like blotches. Mm. It looks like spots, but it's not spots. It's kind right. of like red little like bumps. Like a skin irritation kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like on my nose and cheeks, oh. which is like the most embarrassing thing. Who wants like red spots on their nose I mean it's I have that when I drink too much <laughs> yes well alcohol can you know cause a flare-up so can caffeine so can exercise spicy food it's like oh you gosh. know stress it's like oh Just put know, you in some me- bubble wrap and oh yeah give me a break so um Anyway, it was kind of like, oh, you know, it's just a skin thing. I'm just going to ignore it or go away. And it hasn't gone away. And it's this has been sort of maybe a month or so now. And um, now, so as it gets worse, you can, and I forgot all about this. You get, um, I can't remember what it's called, rhinos. 
rhino something again totally mm-hmm. embarrassing and you it, all the sort of blood vessels in your nose swell and you can get like um a blocked nose so oh, every no. night i know so every night for the past week my nose has been like fine in the day as soon as i've had a shower it's fine but every night it's completely blocked <gasps> And I can't breathe. I'm literally like breathing from my mouth. Then my mouth dries out. And I'm like, this is not fun. Mouth breathing is so bad for you as well. Do you remember when we were at VegFest? And we oh, yeah. To, I have to forgive me because I can't remember their names. But they were like specialists in nasal breathing and how to teach people how to breathe properly. And apparently mouth breathing is just my boyfriend mouth breathes. And it makes me feel sick. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible when you, because it was waking me up loads. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I think maybe it could be time for a bit of a, a bit of a cleanse. And, you know, we're not talking about starving yourself. We're not talking about like, you know. um, Doing it to lose weight. No, it's not that kind of thing. I think what's important to remember is that this is more to do with nutrition. And, you know, there's lots of evidence to suggest that these kind of, like water fasting and things like that um, can, you know, help with chronic illnesses and things like that. And, you know, fasting has been practiced in so many religions across, you know, the world, like Ramadan, we're coming into Ramadan right now. You know, I think when when people hear fasting, they automatically think, oh my God, I'm going to lose weight. And I think it's important going forward in this interview that we're not talking about that. Yeah, there's so many benefits. Um, If you've think historically us humans we wouldn't have constantly been eating like all day long would we and snacking at night and then waking up and you know eating a big breakfast and then having a snack and yeah so I think our digestive systems just aren't designed to be constantly hammered with all this food Um, even if it's a whole food plant-based diet I mean, which most of us aren't eating 100% of the time, let's face it. And Mm -hmm. and most of the world is not eating at all. We're, you know, like the Western world, we're living on processed food and and our bodies just kind of just can't cope with it. And, you know, digestive issues um, is gut gut health. These are, you know, obviously really prevalent in society now, along with autoimmune conditions you know, there's so many different things yeah. even your mental health like I think um I think the Greeks used to the ancient Greeks used to um practice fasting when they wanted to like think clearly wow like yeah so it helped their cog- you with all this knowledge I know I think <laughs> I was what was I doing oh we've got an article on it coming up in um vegan food living magazine that's why that's why I know so much um <laughs> But um, yeah, so that it helps your cognitive ability. Because if you think, you know, you, you call it like food coma, don't you? Like you eat yeah. a lo- massive lunch, you just want to go just... to sleep. You're not yeah. switched on. You're not like alert. And then, of course, you've got things like starve a fever, feed a cold. So, mm. you know, if you have, if your body needs to like fight things off, then if you're yeah. not eating at that time for a day or so or whatever your body's not having to then deal with digesting all the food it can just focus on getting rid of these bugs so yeah yeah it's just such a fascinating um area um in terms of I mean have you ever done like a cleanse or a fast or anything like that um truthfully probably not in a healthy way I think it would have been like sort of kind of problematic and in the sort of 
vein of wanting to lose weight. Yeah. Um, so not from like a nutrition point of view. Um, I think because of my history with that kind of thing, I've always just been a little bit like standoffish and, you know, kind of scared of that kind of thing. Yeah. Now when I'm obviously, you know, in a healthier place and um you know I think it's important to know that obviously this isn't for everyone like this doesn't work for everyone I know that you have had such an amazing um you have such great benefits from this um I would I ever try it I don't know I don't know is the answer yeah I it's really good to hear from you talking about that side of things because I think if you haven't been through that you don't necessarily think about it necessarily I mean my mum my mum um had sort of issues with food when I was growing up but it was never talked about and it was only much you know many many years after that she kind of casually dropped it into conversation it was like what yeah (laughs) so uh, you know it didn't really sort of hit home really because it just that's just how she was and she'd have these tiny little side plates of food and Yeah, yeah yeah um But anyway, you know, moving, like you say, focusing on, you know, if you wanted to try this for health, you know, for like dealing with just, you know, um, skin complaints or digestive issues Mm -hmm. or things like that. I mean, if you listen to Eduardo, he had amazing results, things like, um, you know, uh, issues with his back and his muscles and things like that. Which is amazing. I know. I know. It's so bizarre. Yeah. For anyone who did want to sort of know like how to do it, like Heather, um, in terms of what I did, I, I mean, you can do it for, Eduardo did it for, I think like a month, which is to me insane. There's no way I could survive a month. And he talks, you know, he does talk about the benefits of doing it for much shorter, um, you know, times. And for me, I could only manage one day. Yeah. But, um, I just, yeah, I felt so much better. Like, it just felt like I gave my whole system a rest. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I had lemon water at breakfast time. Yeah. And then, I'm not going to lie, I I kept feeling starving. And I could have happily gone downstairs and, you know, eaten my usual lunch and breakfast or whatever. But every time I was hungry, I had another glass of water. And it's so weird. It's like, oh, actually, I'm not hungry. Yeah. It almost like resets that sort of you know it's hard to know yeah yeah so then I spoke to my friend by the afternoon I was like I'm really struggling now this is getting really boring Mm -hmm. like just drinking water and she's like (laughs) she said you could try um some strained vegetable water and I'll tell you what after drinking water all day and not having any taste it was delicious (laughs) oh no (laughs) and of course you're getting all the nutrients from from those veg that you've steamed yeah that was you know it's it's kind of thinking of different ways that you can um that you can do it but yeah for me it really worked like I often have a bloated stomach um and it just like got rid of that it helped my skin. I really do think that it, um, cause I did it like a f- few years ago and I really do think that and giving up white wine. Yeah. S- sad times. Um, sad really, times. RIP white wine. <laughs> yeah, really helped with the rosacea. So I'm going to give it a go and, um, see if I can sort of put it back into remission. Anyway, I've got my girly weekend this weekend mm. and, um, I'm a bit gutted cause we're having a cheese and wine night and I forgot to order 
Have you not ordered it? I forgot to order it in time. Oh my god! Wait, how fast can you get to Bristol? How long does it take you to get two to Bristol? hours? Oh, it's vegan cheese worth the journey because there's I know. so there's places I went the other day that say that sell La Four Marjorie. I am not okay. All of these places. I might have a look and see where does it in Dorset, like well, close by in Dorset, because obviously it's quite a big county. Yeah. I, just I just don't have time to do anything. Oh mate, it's like let's just you make your own. It's yeah. not the same, is it? It's not the same. The thing is, I put so much pressure on myself. Like this is one thing, and I'm gonna admit this. One thing about hate about being vegan is you can't just be normal and be like. Oh, I'll just grab a bit of cheese from Tesco on the way. Yeah, like everyone I'll else. just pop into the corner shop and get some. Yeah. That can't uh, happen. Uh, and you are so like, okay, I need to impress everyone with the good vegan cheese. Yeah, you so can't that be they'll be like, the shit no, ones. exactly. I can't rock up with Cathedral City or whatever. As good as I do like Cathedral City. Cathedral oh, is the better do one. Do you? Yes. Cathedral okay, I can't, is the just, one. can't rock up with an own brand, you know, mature cheddar and expect them. You know, these are people who have never eaten vegan cheese yeah. and, like, really sort of not vegan at all. And <laughs> I just want them Is to try no the you can get with, like, next day delivery? When you go on Friday. I, I messaged I Am Not Okay last night and just said, have I got time? And they said, yeah, have you ordered tonight? And did I order? No, I forgot. Oh, you're a tit. I know. I'm ashamed of myself. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, I just need to just just take it like the the worry away and yeah. just be like you know, haven't got to constantly be trying to convert the world no <laughs> I did my friend made some lovely vegan feta the other day with tofu which was delicious oh really um yeah it was very very simple she just chopped up some cubes of tofu um did like a little marinade of olive oil lemon juice nutritional mm. yeast um I th- just like all of that stuff kind of like herbs um and it was delish it was really really good we had that on toast with roasted beetroot oh okay roasted hazelnuts oh delicious i've just written down make your own cheese (laughs) as a a note (laughs) quick (laughs) Um, one good thing though is because there's like there's quite i think there's 10 of us going Mm. and this time last year we went away and everyone was like I was just the token you know vegan everyone was making fun of yeah and now I do feel like I think there were at least three or four people going I'm happy to eat vegan all weekends love that so I think maybe this this time next year I know they'll all be be going to a vegan retreat (laughs) I love it I don't know about that they're (laughs) yeah save the vegan retreats for us yeah they're a bit of a wild bunch but anyway um before we um before I chat to Eduardo Carassa, um, please do leave us a review. It really helps us yeah. to um, like reach more listeners. Share the vegan love. Exactly. <laughs> Share the vegan love. It's true though. So yeah, please do just drop onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and just leave us a quick review. It'd be amazing. And of course you can join us on Patreon. Um, lots of fun going on over there. And we had yes. our live with Jake last week, which was brilliant. Um, Patreon.com forward slash simply vegan. As I 
said, I'm joined by Dr. Eduardo Carassa today. He's a frugivore, a nutritionist, a health and nutrition coach from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And he's um, dialed in from all the way over there today. I just love the fact that we have guests from all over the world. It's incredible. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, when you are healthy, it's easy to be really good every single day. So that's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got such an amazing story, um, and I, you know, we're we're going to be talking about um, what it means to be a frug frugivore. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, yeah, um, right. And we're going to talk about raw veganism and also fasting. But just to begin, you started out as a world champion, like video gamer. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I was pretty good with video games back in the days when I was growing up and always sedentary, eating a lot of junk food. So I was really unhealthy, really sick. But I, we, do, we don't know, right? Because usually everybody lives not a perfect lifestyle. So everybody has symptoms and diseases, but small, minor ones. I was a little bit sicker than the usual, but... When I was 17, I started playing uh, professionally and traveling all around the world to compete in Counter-Strike. It's like one of the most played uh, game, uh, computer games out there. So uh, we were like kids, 17 year old, five, five of us traveling because it was a team, traveling all around the world to compete and making money. You know, you don't know that you have to take care of your health because of your health but also because of your work because back then we i couldn't realize that a computer professional gamer could be affected by what he was eating and what he, what he was doing in the, in the daily life so i started realizing that i was not playing really good at like at, when i was 20 as i was doing when i was 17 because i was eating junk food and you know uh, staying all night long, playing and things like that. So when I realized the connection with lifestyle and the capacity to play my best, because it was my work, I, you know, what kid doesn't want at 17 to travel everywhere in every country to, you know, and yeah. make out of it, you know, it was my dream. So I didn't want to lose my job. And I started like making small changes in lifestyle the ones that I could realize, that are ones that I could, you know, grasp. But I continued to get worse, although I was lifting weights, you know, uh, losing weight and exercising every day, stop smoking, stop drinking. But it's still, I wasn't, I, I knew there was more. And I was going to a lot of medical doctors, some of the best ones in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, where I lived. And they were all, all about pills and surgery, pills and surgery. And I was like, mm -hmm. pills are not working. And I'm only 21, you know, like, so it doesn't sound right. So, and they were looking really unhealthy. They were like obese, you know, like a really unhealthy face. And I was like, no, this can't be it. And it, they were like, surgeries will only help to fix a little bit of the issue but you were born with it, you know? So your your back is already like herniated disc and my nose, I had like, you know, I couldn't even breathe through one of the nostrils uh, already. And then I found 
I was looking for it and I was like exercising every day, trying to change my diet, lifestyle, but I didn't have any good really info, right? And then I saw on uh, news, raw food, uh, Demi Moore raw food diet. And I was like, what raw food diet? What this is? And I typed on Google and it was like a lot of people, I hear from cancer, I hear from heart disease, diabetes, raw foods, raw foods, raw foods. And I, I was like, yeah. 700,000 species on the planet only lives on raw food. Human beings have been cooking for like 10,000 years, you know, like maybe for sure a little bit more than that. But we didn't have the internet back then, right? So the the the, the trend didn't went, went viral like since we started, like, you know. Yeah. So, and it was a lot more hard to cook because we invented pan spots and, you know, utensils in general like 5,000 years ago. So, you know, how do you cook potatoes or beans and rice without a pot or pan? You know, like you burn it to ashes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just realized that, that, you know, this makes a lot of sense. And I already tried any, every allopathic medicine treatment or every uh, natural medicine treatment. I just didn't went for surgery because I thought it was too early uh, for me to, you know, go into surgery with having only 22 years of age. And then because my search kept going for, for a few years, right, from 20 to 22. And then I started, like, trying to eat fruits and vegetables primarily, you know, and all my – it was like in three days I was a completely different person. My allergies, my respiratory problems, my – everything went away and I could think clearly. I could exercise a lot better. I was like, it was like Superman, you know, but without wow. pills and without any drugs. And I was like, whoa, what did I find? It was like, and, but I, I kept going without too much information. It was, it was hard, you know, like I tried to eat a raw sweet potato, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it just, you know, you, you you don't know anything, you know. Never, nobody ever taught you about raw food. No. So, and it's I, amazing I've, at that age as well. I mean, you were still pretty young. <laughs> yeah, but I was uh, pretty sick. I was already diabetic, about to do two surgeries, a lot of uh, immune issues, allergy issues, respiratory issues like rhinitis, pharyngitis, laryngitis, you know, all inflammations, but still. And then I started like, I found a guy called Doug, Douglas Graham, Doug Graham, the author of the 1810 diet. He already lives like this way for 40, 40 years now. And then I was like, oh, this old man talking about like, you know, we are anthropoid primates. We share 99.3% of our DNA with the vulnerable, uh, ch uh, the, one of the chimpanzees, you know, so it all made sense to me. And fruit was so obvious you know, the food already comes cooked because it's already uh, a flavor and already uh, digestible, already um, like uh, soft so we can eat it. You know, uh, complex carbs like rice, beans, potatoes, you have to cook it. You have to salt it because there's no flavor. You know, it's tasteless. So it, it made uh, so much sense to me. More fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds. And then I just start doing it and I just start driving it. And then after six months, I still knew my, I grew up as a kid eating a lot of junk food. 
So natural foods like fruits, vegetables, I couldn't eat it. I, I didn't have taste for it. But mm -hmm. chocolates, really, uh, you know, fried food, cooked food with a lot of salt, I could eat it. So I noticed it that I didn't have a natural palate since I was young. So, and I started reading what we call the science of health, like a science, like a medicine model that is called natural hygiene. So natural hygiene proposes that life health is produced by healthful living. You can bought it. You can, you can't buy health. You have to build it through everyday life practice through health living. So, these guys were actually uh, American medical doctors back in uh, the 800s that just realized that, that you know, exercise, diet, uh, sunshine, time to sleep, time to eat at night, all these things were, uh, were the real medicine. But back then, they didn't have any scientific data to back it up. So when they suggested, they were seen as quacks and yeah. completely ostracized. <laughs> You know, yeah, but nowadays the quarks have like, you know, discovered the whole science because nowadays intermittent fasting, we were we hygienists, we're talking about intermittent fasting 200 years ago, you know, like, and now it's like intermittent fasting, you know, like. Yeah, so trendy. <laughs> so trendy. So they, when I found out natural hygiene through dogs, through Doug Wren, and I was like, so. And one of the main uh, natural hygiene pioneers were called Dr. Herbert Shelton, a guy from Texas, uh, that he supervised 40,000 water fasts during his life. He was the greatest supervisor, fasting supervisor of a whole human history. And he wrote like 50 books. He was like such a prolific writer. And I came across a, a book called uh, Fasting Can Save Your Life from Herbert Chilton. And I read the book and I was sold. Like, you know, like in the first few pages, I was like, I need a fast. This is going to help me out. And I was already doing a frugivore diet, a natural hygiene diet for six, six months. And then I started like, like I, what I thought it was going to be a 20-day water fast because the diet made all my symptoms go away but I could still feel my back like broken on the inside because of the herniated disc. And I had a lot of back pain issues since I was young. So it's like what we call in hygiene, the limitation of matter. If you cut your hand, it regenerates. It doesn't cure. It, it's actually regeneration, the right term. But if you cut your hand off, it doesn't grow one back. But if you do that with a salamander, uh, they are called the most famous ones are axolots. They use them in the lab, in several labs through, throughout the world, to try to identify the genes that we lost from reptiles to mammals that actually could regenerate limbs and, uh, you know, more, even more than that. So the limitation of matter in hygiene suggests that, you know, the more complex the organism is, the less regeneration it's capable of. So I changed the diet, I changed the lifestyle, but it didn't raise the 22 years of, you know, soda, junk food and sedentary, not, not getting enough sunshine, etc. So 
I started doing my 24 day water fast to see what else could I get better with my health. And it was like, you know, it was such a ride. I fasted at home. I don't recommend it because even in the US, you have True North Health Center you ever heard of. It's the most famous health cent uh, uh, fasting center in the world. It's located in California. It's called True North. They actually appear even in a, a Netflix series. It was Unwell, the fasting series that uh, uh, appeared there. Uh, they're quite famous, True North. So they have medical supervision fasting, right? Yeah. So I did it at home. I couldn't, you know, go to the West back then. I didn't have them. I could ask my parents, but, you know, they were going to say no for sure. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like give me money to go to the West to fast for like 20 days on water. <laughs> you know, like. No. And, <laughs> yeah. And I quitted my job back then to, you know, because I was, I couldn't play Counter-Strike professionally anymore. So. I, I, I had to do it. So I did it at home. I don't recommend it, but, you know, it was like such an amazing ride. You know, I could feel like I had like, a, because I used to play uh, several hours per day with a mouse, I had like a little bit of arthritis already on my hands. And in the seventh day of the water fast, I could feel the blood and the inflammation happening in the hand here for a couple of days. And then... It healed completely. What I was feeling of pain for like several years, it just went away. I was like, what? Now I know the inflammation is a repairing process, right? That sends blood to the place so it gets nutrients there. So you can kill the, the bad cells, what we call apoptosis, and can restore new cells, called, causes mitogenesis. I, I, I can use the scientific terms or I can use more uh, simple terms, but still... And, and the, the, the hand like got healed and I was feeling a lot of other, you know, a lot of other sites that I had issues back then. It was like inflamed. And then, you know, I had sore throats and inflamed uh, throats for like uh, years. And then I never had any more. It's been 16 years without any day of, you know, even sneezing. It's really hard to sneeze nowadays. You have to get, you know, get me into a close place for too long with somebody smoking by my side. And even then, it's just, a, just really quick. It's not like back then when I had terrible allergies, terrible mucus, etc. So it was like such a blessing. I, I could see my, you know, the, the, the joints were getting, you know, less swollen, more flexible my brain, you know, like I know nowadays because I'm, you know, I'm a researcher. I, I wrote, like I'm writing my 10th book. I had a, I have a TED talk, you know, I, I, I dedicated my life to study the science, to, to educate people. But back then I, I was like really amazed. Wow. My eyes are getting clear. My skin, I'm, I'm feeling more younger, you know, like I was amazed because I didn't know what fasting was back then. And then I did, I broke on my 24 days and it was, I'm not a spiritual guy. I'm a completely scientific guy. You know, like I see science, I see things too much rational, but during the fast after the 20 day, I, it was like something, the more, most spiritual thing I ever felt. It was like my mind and, and my spirit talking together or my mind and my body. It was like two separate things. I, I think maybe now it's the communication from the microbiota to the brain. I don't know. But 
it was like my body talking to me like i have waited since you were two years of age so i could you could stop eating so i could have a rest and mm -hmm. repair and now we know that fasting actually turns on repairing mechanisms right so through foxo ampk sirtuins it's a lot of uh, science stuff but i could feel like he was happy it was like my body was happy and telling mm. my mind or my spirit my soul i don't know and it was like i started crying like I, I cried for a few days actually it was like such a relief such a a cure such a it, it was an unexplainable but it was like the best thing i ever felt so i I, I I swear to myself at that day that I was, you know, live my life to promote natural hygiene, the science of health, that it's so simple, but so based in science that it, it's so simple that people cannot even realize that our bodies are actually regenerating machines, repairing machines. It's made to maintain homeostasis. You just have to provide the biological needs that we have provided for millions of years since the beginning of time in history like fungi the the first uh, organisms in planet earth what we call prokaryons i think it's the same word in english and eukaryons but more complex cells and more simple cells like maybe 1 billion years before you know human beings these small organisms in planet Earth already had the fasting mechanism and the mitogenesis mechanism. When you eat, you grow. When you fast, you, you enter in repair and conservation mode. So we shared this fasting capacity and the, all these biological necessities like sunshine, air, uh, the food with the adequate amount of nutrients with every kind of species. Like uh, I, I always tell my patients because I'm a nutritionist, uh, here in Brazil, it's like a university, five years, almost like as medicine. So what I tell my patients every day, I planted in my garden bananas and apples. Here in Rio de, in Rio de Janeiro, the climate in the summer, it's like so hot, the apples die always because they don't have the adequate amount of sunshine, the adequate amount of you know water, nutrients. You just have to identify the needs of the organism and provides them in the the goldilocks proportions mm. it's not you know proteins good right but a, a lot of proteins also bad not just yeah. uh, small quantities but more than you need is also malnutrition as we say malnutrition is defined as too much also not just too little yeah. so like plants of course we're not plants we we need movement. They are stationary. We we draw our, uh, our nutrients from the foods. They draw from the soil, from the sun. That doing photosynthesis. But still, the the mind, the the, the perspective is the same. Or you can survive, or you can thrive, or even die if you don't provide these biological needs. But nowadays, instead of sunshine, we're providing vitamin D, D capsules. Instead of, you know, sleeping well, we're like trying to use melatonin or like coffee in the morning. So it's like we're trying to substitute the healthful and natural biological needs that were produced by billions of years. Instead, we're just using, you know, like synthetic biological needs. Trying to, yeah. So 
it's it's all gone a bit wrong somewhere hasn't it let's um let's break this down then for your average person who is completely new to fasting or um did you call it a water a water fast water cleanse yeah well we we call actually a hygienic fasting because okay. because it follows the patterns of natural hygiene and natural hygiene we just of course we we draw to the science as well but we draw to observation of the natural mechanisms of the human being and the animals. Every animal on nature, nature, when it when it's hurt, when it doesn't have any real appetite, not appetite for chocolate, hunger for a banana or a lettuce, when it doesn't have that, he stops eating until the body is regenerated. You break a bone, you just lose your your appetite, you just lose your hunger, right? Because the, the it hurts so much. So the repair mechanism needs you to slow down the digestion so you can repair. So we, we just saw, say, hygienic fasting, so we can differentiate from juice fasting, from cleanses, and of all those things. Doing the fast as nature intended during millions of years. Yeah. So you did 22 days or 20 days? 20, 24 back then. I just did like almost a year ago, a 39-day water fast in Tanglewood. It's a fasting center in Costa Rica. Although it's right. not med- medically supervised, we just, I recorded a documentary there. Okay. So for I'd say for most people, that would be quite extreme, wouldn't it? And what what if what about if someone wanted to kind of give give it a try? Could you do, you know, like what are the benefits of perhaps doing like a couple of days or you know a week perhaps we have a lot of research done by because what 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 happens natural medicine the real natural ones not like uh, capsules or natural pills from homeopathic medicine it's like exercise diet sleep and sunshine doesn't pay anybody you know like you cannot make lots of money selling bananas you know like that's why we don't see commercials of bananas on the 8 8 p.m news so fasting also doesn't have the amount of research it should have so we can understand more about it but walter longo is probably the main scientist in the world he's a biologist really famous for it for studying fasting and he has proved a lot of stuff in a lot of different diseases and he also created what he calls fasting mimicking diets. That is like uh, he's actually made, making it public to to oncologists, to a lot of uh, kind of um, specialized medicine, so he, he can help people out without having to fast completely, right? So I don't think the FMD it's the best fasting, get the best uh, results, but just reducing a lot of the amount of calories and making them plant-based because these phytonutrients also helps to turn on these longevity genes, as we call these repairing mechanisms. So because he makes plant-based and he, you know, cuts calories a lot, the body already enters in autophagy, as we call, not that much because it's like a seesaw. The less you eat, the more he repairs. The more you eat, the less he repairs. Mm. So we know that a lot of protein intake, a lot of calorie intake inhibits autophagy, inhibits uh, apoptosis. That's the programmed cell death. That he, 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 a cell when it's damaged or old, 
the organism understands and just kills it. But if you are eating a lot, that is inhibiting the, the killing senescent cells, as, as we call the old cells that, you know, starts producing uh, inflammation in the place they are. And, you know, they should be removed from there because they are not useful anymore. So a two-day water fast would be already a lot, you know, like uh, even one-day water fast, even intermittent fasting, what I do in, in my daily life, I just eat six hours per day. It's a, a fasting window of a fasting window of 18 hours, a eating window of six hours. Already that has been proved. Yeah, Sachin Panda, all the fasting scientists and the chronobiology scientists, chrononutrition, they talk about like eight, 16-8, you know, that's more proven, but I feel better with 18-6. So it, what I tell people, because I have a, a, a book on fasting, probably the most uh, up-to-date fasting book in the world, and the, old one, the only uh, scientific fasting book written in Portuguese, as far as I know. So the book sells a lot, and I have like three uh, fasting documentaries in my YouTube channel. That one of them has reached a million and five hundred thousand views. So a lot of people come to me because they want to hear something and they just think about fasting. But as I say to them every time, it's what you do every day. It's not the the thirty day water fast that's going to make a lot of difference. But if I, I, I did a, already a lot of fast these 16 years that have been a frugivore, a natural hygienist, but the most important part is the 340 other days of the year that you are eating and living. If you are eating and living wrong, 20 days water, 20 day water fast that's too radical for most people, it's, it will be, you, you're going to raise a lot of the benefits in a short time. Yeah. The most important part it's what you do every day. It's not the fast, I think. Yeah. Oh, damn it. So we can't just do a little fast and then <laughs> go back to the vegan burgers. So <laughs> A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. <laughs> what sort of thing do you eat then? So what, what um, hours, what time do you start eating and finish eating? And what's your typical day's kind of diet like? Nice. Uh, natural hygienist back then. Uh, was already talking about eating with the sun, eating with the hours of the sun. So when the sun is up in the skies around noon, it's when we feel the most hunger. And when the sun is coming down around 5 p.m., it's when we feel hungry again. So if you go back to Socrates, for example, the old Greeks philosophers were already talking about civilizations that eat more than twice a day are barbarians. If we go back to France, the the word for breakfast in French is petit déjeuner. Petit déjeuner was only invented for like 300 years or something like that. So the breakfast that we are actually used to, it's pretty recently. So I only eat, I'm still fasting and here's almost noon. So when we finish the, the interview, I'm going to break my fast. And then, you know, I take a little bit of siesta because we have a lot of scientific data about it. Harvard made a study on the Greeks when they tried to stop the siesta around 2007. And they show an increase in heart disease by 38% just by stopping the, their siesta habit. Uh, 
this siesta is it means the sixth hour in latin so after six hours of being awake you just sleep a little bit you just take a nap a small small rest it makes a lot of a difference there's a lot of research coming out more and more to support because there's a drop in basal cortisol exactly at noon so it means that we have to take a break so i just take a break afterwards and then resume like work etc i usually exercise before breaking my fast and today i'm going to exercise in the in the afternoon but i'm going to exercise before dinner so i plan to dinner around 5 p.m 5 30 so that's pretty much it okay so what would you have for your breakfast and your dinner it's pretty simple well you have to understand Imagine that you, you are in a forest. You were born naked with only your own physiological and anatomical tools. Nature has made a, each kind of animal with its own biological tools. So, for example, for a bird, they're called by our biology granivores. What is a granivore? An animal that has a peak to collect small quinoa seeds or grain seeds, you know, like uh, rice seeds. Imagine collecting, you know, quinoa seeds with your opposable thumbs. It's quite <laughs> hard, right? And after you collect it, it's tasteless. It's hard. Yeah. So what the, what the bird does, he has a pouch where he throws the grain inside of the pouch. And with the water in there, he sprouts the, 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 the grains and he can eat it. Ah. But yeah, yeah. So pigs, for example, <laughs> when we start to understanding the biology behind it, we understand what we actually did. Before before getting there, I just have to you know contextualize. We are anthropoid primates because of biology. Our biology classifies us as anthropoid primates. People don't like to be called primates or monkeys or anything like that, but we are animals. Or we are animals, or we are plants, or we are fungi, or we are monera. We can be seaweeds, we can be mushrooms, we can be vegetables, or we are animals. Because, you know, like people always want to classify human beings as completely different from our biology. So, you know, until they create a new realm for us, we are still animals. So if we're animals, we look a lot, look a lot like anthropoid primates, and we share 99% of their DNA. And they are called frugivores. Why they're called frugivores? Because for them, the only thing that they can eat in their natural state, in their natural habitat, is fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Yes, chimps kill other animals once a month, and they eat meat once a month. But it's only the chimps and once a month. You cannot classify an animal as omnivore if he eats fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, and meat once a month, and even the, the young, younglings don't eat meat at all until they're grown up, and females rarely get meat because it's when males are trying to change, uh, exchange for sex. So right. it's not like they're eating a lot of meat like us, like a usual human universe that eats. Like I, I, I grew up eating at breakfast, at the first uh, lunch at before at lunch and then at lunch and then the midday lunch and then the, you know, <laughs> supper and then dinner. 
we eat like five times a day animal products. So they're frugivores and there's no doubt about it, you know. So there's a lot of biological adaptations for each animal to eat what it has, is supposed to, for example. Anthropoid primates have opposable thumbs, so we can climb trees, we can hold a banana in our hands and easily peel. And the banana doesn't have to be uh, uh, seasoned because the season's already there. The sugary taste that we can feel on the tip of our tongues because our DNA is composed that way to feel the sugar as the primarily component of the diet because we have been eating fruits and vegetables for 150 million of years of primate evolution, around 40, 40 million to 150 million is the estimate. But, you know, so the color of the fruit attracts us. The smell of the fruit attracts us. And when you eat it, it's tasty and it's easy to digest. But if you go, for example, for complex carbs, yams, how do you know that there's a yam under the, uh, under the, the, under the earth? And after you pick it, the, the skin is so ugly. And after you, you peel it, it's still hard and, you know, white and no juicy, no flavorful, no water running drip. So, you know, it's impossible to eat it. But there was an ice age called the worm glaciation that happened 100,000 years ago. And... It changed everything because with the ice age, fruits and vegetables didn't grow. So human beings have to find a way to survive the ice age. So we learned that through cooking, we could eat rice, beans, potatoes, and anything that we we, we wanted, uh, meat. So that's why even the Greek mythology called that uh, the fall from paradise. The, the, the fall from the golden era. They call it the golden era because no, no human beings ate animals. It was everything free from treacherous, treachery. You know, uh, it was, in, they're, they're naive. They were, you know, happy in, you know, living in a paradise. And then came Prometheus, the titan of fire that came with the fire and the meat to human beings. And then Zeus, the main god, to cast a curse upon human beings because they were eating meat and using fire, he, he opened the Pandora box with everything that's bad in the earth. That's the, the Greek mythology. But if we look at science, geology suggests that there was actually an, an ice age happening because the Greeks were saying about uh, cold winds that came and took man out of the paradise. But the geology proves that there was an ice age 100,000 years ago. And this ice age ended 13,000 years ago, exactly when we started the Neolithical period, when we understood that we could plant seeds and they were, uh, could be stored for like, you know, a year. So we had steady supply of food instead of being hunter-gatherers being everywhere. We're way more gatherers than hunters because people think that it was the opposite, but still. So it was actually this ice age that we started cooking. Because of it, it was for survival, not for biological. 
that. So, I mean, that is, yeah, absolutely fascinating. All this, you know, history and science that you're sort of telling us about. What, what would you eat then for, for dinner, for example? Uh, so usually lunch, it's like two kilos of fruit in average, maybe even more if it's watermelon because it has less calories in it. And maybe I can eat a few nuts and seeds or a little bit of vegetables, a little bit of mushrooms, but it's primarily fruit. And dinner, it's primarily vegetables. But I, for sure, I can eat some fresh peas out of the pods or fresh beans. There's a lot of things that we can talk about it. But the, the majority of a frugivore diet even for the anthropoid primates living in the, in the jungles, are fruits, vegetables, a little bit of nuts and seeds here and there. So if you, so, ate, mush if you ate mushrooms, I, you'd eat them raw? I eat them raw. I, there was a, actually scientific uh, ideas. It was not scientific at all, but there was scientific ideas suggesting they were poisonous. But there's new articles suggesting they're not poisonous raw. And I have been eating them for 16 years and I haven't died yet. So, I've been, <laughs> so I'm kidding. I, I see a lot of people eating uh, raw mushrooms and uh, I never saw any issue whatsoever. But what we have to understand that a lot of people think, oh, I have to cook it because, you know, it takes out some, you know, anti-nutrient or maybe a, a, some toxic substance. But cooking actually causes what we call in science the Maillard reaction end products are the cooked food toxins, as I simplify them. They are called, there's, there's more than 400 of them. One of the most, most studied of them is the AGEs, advanced glycation end products. And cooked food toxins are correlated with cancer, heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease, and neurological diseases. If you have high levels of AGEs in your blood, you can have, after 40 years of age, you can have brain atrophy of 6% per year. So AGEs are not, you know, advanced glycation and drugs is not something you want to, you know, play with it. It damages your collagen, it damages your brain, it damages your vascular system, it damages your heart. Your uh, uh, AGEs are even found in cancer tissues, more concentrated there, you know, so... It's not something that, you know, like hippie raw vegans are saying that, you know, don't cook the food. There's a lot of science to back it up. But yeah. as everybody cooks and burns their own food, because for me, it's not cooking, it's burning. If you throw out beans in a pan and leave there for half an hour burning, <laughs> try to do the same thing with your hand and see how your hand comes out of it. You know, it's like obvious besides... The loss of nutrients that is well, really well documented. Even small amounts of cooking can damage 30% of every kind of vitamin and mineral. And we always want more nutrients, not less nutrients, because they, you know, we, there's a scientist, really famous American scientist called Bruce Ames. He suggested the triad theory that the body can uh, uh, function with less than optimal micronutrients. But he does that in expense of longevity and health span, as we call, like a, a healthy years of life, you know, because it's not just to be alive. You have you need it's not just about lifespan, but health span, as we call it in science. So, you know, uh, 
The diet is only what I eat, uh, to make it simpler. I eat what I can eat with my own hands without having to cook it, season it, process it. You know, you can eat a, a cashew nut with your hand. You can eat like a, a, a raw Brazil nut with your hand, for sure. So I can eat it. I can eat a banana with my hand. I can eat it. I can eat lettuce, tomato, broccoli. Yeah, I can eat it. Mushroom, you know. So it's pretty simple. If you have to process, you have to cook it, you have to season it. It's just other animals' food. You know, for example, pigs can eat raw potatoes. Mm. Their nostrils are 100 times stronger than we are, than ours are. Yeah. So he, they can sniff the, the, the tubers under the, 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 the uh, earth. They can actually, uh, what was the name for it? With their paws, they can uh, excavate. Excavate? Yeah. Dig, 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 dig. They can dig the, the, the tubers. And also, they secrete amylase, the salivary and digestive amylase. That's the enzyme to break out down starch. So you throw them a, a, a sweet potato raw, and they can eat it. And they probably have the DNA to taste the, the complex carbs, mm. but we can't. So, you know, it's pretty quite simple. Uh, and every animal has a lot. We, it's like hundreds thousands of biological adaptations for example carnivores they can biosynthesize vitamin c meat hasn't had vitamin c for millions of years so they need to make it inside of that we don't have that gene because our food comes with a lot of vitamin c why wasting energy producing vitamin c when there's a plant in our own food you know so there's a lot of things we could talk about but just not to you know make it that's pretty much yeah. it. I think you're going to have to come back on for a part two because there's, there's <laughs> yeah, like you said, there's so much to cover and there's so many questions I want to ask you. But um, yeah, it, it might turn into a three hour podcast otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> thank My you pleasure. so much, Eduardo. It's, yeah, it's been fascinating. And I'd encourage anyone listening who's interested in this. It's really interesting to me. I mean, I, you know, it's something that I've been interested in for a while and I have done like short water fasts and things like that. And oh, nice. I am interested in looking into sort of the raw vegan side of things a bit more. But as a busy mum, working mum, it's it's not always that easy to kind of undertake with, you know, different kind of people in the house following different diets and things but um yeah i definitely encourage everyone to go and check out your books and your website so um i'll put those in the show notes for everyone to have a look at thank you thank you yeah i run retreats in brazil i have like a youtube channel also i'm creating the youtube channel in english is still pretty small but uh, in portuguese uh, there's usually subtitles for every uh, every uh, video but it's already almost 400,000 and i always use scientific articles to back it up so I'm yeah. not saying this. It's like someone from, you know, publishing a research in a top medical journal, uh, you know, peer reviewed, as we say. So it's all backed it up. I have books. I attend patients. I run retreats here in my, in my like a farm in Brazil. Uh, and also I have online courses, but I'm taking all the content to English now so I can, you know, spread the word more. Yeah. Brilliant. You're a busy guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But... <laughs> I, I always save some time for to eat right, to sleep early, to exercise, and to get some sunshine. You know that's no non-negotiable for me. I work the whole day, but my health is my priority. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm in the UK, so there's not much hope for the sunshine, but I'll try and <laughs> stick to the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. The better we can do, the better. Have you tried fasting or do you dabble with intermittent fasting? Do you eat lots of fruit? Would you class yourself as a frugivore? We'd love to hear what you think. So drop us an email, simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk or leave us a review or head over to patreon.com and sign up from just £2 a month to join us and chat to us over there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.